Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, Nathan continues with his tale about growing up as a Jehovah's Witness, an organization that likes to pretend that there's no crimes in its ranks. Content warning, the Jehovah's Witnesses are what is considered a high-control religion, so those sensitive to religious discussions and cult-like behavior may want to take caution when listening. As always, expect some foul language, and uh, let's get ready for another Human Exception. So, like, there are three, four, five-year-old kids out there going door-to-door. Um, you know, sometimes their parents are like, okay, well, like, you're, you've are you got this figured out. Like, you can say words now, so try preaching. And people are super offended by it, obviously. Um, like, why are you making your child do this? Um there there are obvious situations where people are just like, uh-uh, I'm not listening to a kid talk. You're not old enough to understand the nuance of it. If you guys want to talk religion, let your let your parent talk. Um and I, I think that's totally fair, obviously. Um it it was fucking scary being uh being a really little kid knocking on people's door trying to talk religion. And I mean Going door to door talking religion is very divisive. People do not like salespeople coming to their door. That's all we were. We were fucking salespeople for a cult. So, um, yeah, it. Uh, I've seen some shit. Um, and worst of all is you know when you when you recognize you're at like. You know, you're doing houses that are like in your close friends from school, like area of the neighborhood, or people that you like don't get along with in school, and you know their parents are like vehemently against religion and especially Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm like, I'm not fucking going to that house. There's no way it's not happening. Um, I remember a couple of times being at the door and being like, I'm not taking this call. You do it. And having an acquaintance, um, an acquaintance's parent come to the door and just shred the person that I was with. And like this acquaintance from high school is like sitting in the background watching as his, as his dad just like, destroys this person that I'm at the call with and I'm just trying not to make eye contact. It was the most uncomfortable brutal thing ever. Um, and it and it didn't just happen once. It happened a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> Sunday meetings. Um, again, up at 8, uh, 8.30 to have our breakfast. We'd have to be at the Kingdom Hall for 9.30 because the meeting started at 10. Um, and basically what would happen is the first half of the meeting would be like an hour-long talk from an elder from, you know, out of town generally. If no one from out of town had a talk prepared or it wasn't organized, uh, someone locally would do it. But always, 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 whoever did the Sunday talk was always treated to, like, lunch by someone in the congregation. Uh, So times that my dad had to go out and give a talk in another kingdom hall or something, we would end up at someone else's house you know, for, for lunch immediately after, because, well, it was, it was the one time where like the, 
like the 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 sisters or like the the elder wives or whatever would would be like, oh well, I'm going to show that I'm the perfect Christian wife or woman, and I'm going to invite these people over, and they're going to hang out, and their kids will hang out with my kids, and we're going to talk about Jehovah, and we're going to talk about how amazing everything is, and I'm going to feed them amazing food, and I'm just doing all of the good things. Um, it was very it's much very a much show. like village. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 God. It was it was a yeah, it was it was a production Shoot. is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um Fuck. Yeah. Hmm. Uh <clears throat> the last half of the meeting, uh, we would study the articles in the Watchtower. And the Watchtower magazine always had enough articles for the whole month. So there was always a Sunday meeting article. It was always set up that way. Uh, so the last hour again, you know, we would, as a, as a kingdom hall, study that article. It would be audience participation kind of thing. Um, and then that's it. Uh, you know, some people would, uh, after the Sunday meeting, start up service groups and do like Sunday afternoon service. Um, luckily my dad and my stepmom were not about that. They were like, we've done our thing. Sunday's our day. We're going home and doing whatever. Um, and usually I didn't work Sundays as well. So it was, it was good. <laughs> and service is the door knocking. It is. Yes. Gross. Yep. Yeah. So really, that's a, that's a Monday to Friday uh, situation for a, a JW person, um, and it, it's interesting. Like uh, to add to add on to these things, right? Um, Sunday meetings wouldn't happen if you know we had our yearly one day assembly. So. That was always on a, that was always in like the fall on a Saturday. And JWs from all around the region would come to the single assembly hall. And I lived in Osoyas, so we would drive from Osoyas to Vernon, uh, which is like a three, two and a half, three hour drive, I think. Um, to get there and my dad's got to get there a half hour early thing still applied. So we would be up like six o'clock in the morning, having breakfast, getting dressed and then out the door in like 30 minutes, basically. And then we would get there for one day of gathered, um, all day. Uh, preaching or uh, and a gathered all day meeting. So people from like Osoyas Oliver, Penticton, um, you know, and, and there were multiple congregations in Penticton. There were three in Penticton. There were like four or five in Kelowna. Vernon had one. Um, so there would be people from all over that like little regional area. Maybe people from like Enderby would roll in from from there as well. Uh, it just sort of depended what it was. Um, all for one day. And the Jehovah's Witnesses own a very large assembly hall in Vernon with an apartment upstairs for the caretakers of the assembly hall, as well as a couple kingdom halls that are also upstairs for different congregations in, uh, in the area. This is not, this is not unusual. Uh, there are other places that have assembly halls that are used for the larger uh, assemblies uh, with a caretaker apartment, as well as a, a separate um, meeting hall or kingdom hall. Um, and then we would also have our three day assemblies, which were Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, generally, you know, depending on, um, Depending on the need, depending on the year, it might be an international convention. It might be a just a regular convention. Um, but it was always 
Uh, it was always three days. Uh, I remember the only international convention that I ever attended was in Vancouver. Um, it was in 95 and, uh, they had rented out Pacific Coliseum. There were a lot of fucking people there a lot. Um, this is the first time I ever went to Vancouver. Uh, anyway, it was, it was big. Um, Oh my god! I had to look up a picture because I didn't know what it was slash looked like. Holy shit! It's it's a hockey stadium. It is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I cannot believe packed. how big this is. That's crazy! Yep. Wow. What the fuck. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So and it was international, so there were people from all over. Like. Um, at, at one point I had, uh, I had a JW pen pal. Uh, I can't remember her name. I was really young. Um, I actually met her there the first time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was something, um, to say the least, uh, in a, in a way it's, uh, it's inspiring to see how a single thing can bring people together. And yet at the same time, it is now that I look at it and I look back, it's fucking terrifying <laughs> to think the about. The fact that it's all compulsory is what makes it yeah. gross. Yep. Because like, I see a lot of parallels with growing up in the Lutheran church. Like we had a, a, bulletin every sunday that was very beautiful and produced that had like the psalms and the the hymns for the day and we had option but like everything was optional i didn't get mm -hmm. like in trouble if i didn't go to church i didn't get in trouble if i didn't join the bible group yeah <sighs> yeah it was um yeah it was everything was you do it or you know, you're not, you're not a good Christian, basically. Um, you know, if you weren't at the assembly hall and people noticed that you weren't there, well, why didn't you end up at the assembly? Why weren't you at the convention? Um, and like, even so one of the, <clears throat> actually, this is, this is probably a good time to, to sort of transition into the, the other piece that I kind of wanted to talk to you. Cause it, it it's a good um, it's a good way of of looking at it, but um we we always discuss the like the like the bite model when it comes to to cults um, behavior control, information control, thought control, emotional um, part of that in and of itself is the is sort of like the emotional control right like it's it's the well why aren't you here you know being here is what gives you those um uh is what gives you that spiritual satisfaction and that and that spiritual growth and that you need to be a good good christian and to get yourself closer to jehovah you know these um it, it's kind of like the it, it's that the other side of that love bombing right the mm. um well if you're not doing this well god doesn't god's gonna be super unhappy with you and they do that a lot um they their their basis of understanding um or their basis of um how the world functions is based on fear. Um, they are, in essence, a a doomsday cult, right? Like they they are overjoyed with the idea that sinners are going to uh, are either are going to pay for the bad things that they're doing, that they're going to die soon, and that these eight. 0.6 million Jehovah's Witnesses are gonna inherit the kingdom and 
everything is going to be perfect and God will provide for them. Um, but if you step out of the line, holy shit, you are a terrible sinner and you are stepping away from God. Um, they, one of the big things that they want to, uh, that they like to, to pray on is not bringing reproach upon Jehovah. And basically what that means is don't do something that's going to make the organization look bad. Um, because if you make the organization look bad, then you're making Jehovah look bad. And even like based on scriptural representation of what God is um, that doesn't track really <laughs> but it, they will never um, but they'll never they'll never come to that conclusion um, and they will always sort of put the pressure on on you. Um, there is also like a lack, like a distinct lack of apology when it comes to, uh, from the top down. So there is never any apology uh, in any kind of way when there's misinformation given, um, when there has been visible hurt done to people of the congregation, uh, when, you know, they have wronged someone in some kind of way, it, there is never, it, it's always a non-apology, right? It's, well, we've learned and we're moving on. We're imperfect people. This well, is the system. new idea. Could never go wrong. Um, this is how we're, this is what we're going to do. It's not an apology. They will never say that they are sorry because their whole thing is that men are imperfect. Men as in humans are imperfect and it's not our fault that we're imperfect. So we don't have to apologize. And so you will never catch anyone, especially elders or the governing body apologizing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of their, one of the things that they really, 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 really like to harp on um, is what they refer to as putting on the new personality, shedding the ways of the world. So, um, and I think it was, I think it was Heaven's Gate that really focused on the us versus them. Um, the idea of, you know, referring to anyone that wasn't within the cult as the world. Um, there are, I'm sure there are other examples, but that's the one that came to mind mostly because one of the governing body member, current governing body members, um, reminds me of Doe a lot and I can't get it out of my head. Um, it, it like, they have that same, like, old man crazy guy thing going on. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, they, they refer to the new personality, God's personality. And this sort of goes into the behavior control situation. Um, they want you to know they want you to dress a certain way um, because, you know, being, being modest is all about the Christian personality. Um, you know, how you spend your leisure time or what you watch or whatever, that all factors into what kind of person you're, um, uh, you're being, you know, if you have weird thoughts like, oh my God, God forbid that, you looked, you're a man and you looked at another man and you're like, oh, wow. He's pretty hot. 
oh my god, I have to go report that to the elders because I thought a bad thing. Um, like, that is all part of, you know, it, removing those things is all part of stripping the old worldly personality and conforming to the new personality, basically. Um, and so they really want to control your behavior. And um, another part, as um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, with um, you know, with my with my dad, is that they uh, they encourage um they encourage corporal punishment, basically. Uh, you know, if it's very much do not spare the rod. Um, if that's how you feel it needs to be done. Uh, and there are people out there who feel like that's the only way it needs to be done. And, you know, those people aren't going to be reprimanded by the religion because the religion encourages that as a form of punishment. Um, and if you think that you're going to be abused, you know, you're going to follow the rules. Um, as such, right? Um, so, like, they, they, a lot of these things are still, uh, and, I, and I guess, you know, one of the big things that, that came up even in, like, the 70s, I want to say, was, uh, and this was a huge point of contention in, in the, Jehovah's Witness cult um, is they started dictating the kind of sex people were allowed to have in their own private home. Law what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, they were they're like, you can't, you can't give or receive oral. You can't. Um, Kiss your wife on the mouth. Pretty much, right? Um, you know, missionary is the only way because missionary is how you make babies. Um, and sex is for procreation, it's not for fun. Um, and then a fucking ton of letters started pouring into the governing body specifically. And now there's a bunch of old guys who have to start being like, oh my God, what do we do? Done. Um, and in some cases, they doubled down, and then they doubled down again. And then, obviously, people weren't following their fucking rules because it's none of their goddamn business. Um, so they reneged, and they're like, "Well, if you feel like it's not a burden on your conscience against Jehovah, then whatever you do in the bedroom is between you and your wife." And like. There were a lot of complaints from men and women being like, well, we do this and it is, you know, literally the us. only joy we're allowed to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now it's gone. Um, <laughs> and like, and it was really, obviously it was really fucking up some marriages because like both the men and the women in in these marriages we're like well we want to follow our follow what we're told but like it's kind of it's a major damper on you know one of the things that we enjoy to do together and so they have gone back and forth a bunch of times um and now i think they're kind of like on the well we're not encouraging it and we do not condone it but we're not there to tell you not to do it. So like we say it's bad, but if you don't think it's bad in your heart, then go ahead and have fun. Right? Like it, it's still a very manipulative way of saying you shouldn't be doing this because God is going to hate you, but you do you. Um, they have a lot of like behavior control issues, <laughs> lots of it. Um, 
However, information is their fucking is their jam. Like information control is their fucking thing. Um, they have huge printers. Uh, they have a huge printing operation where obviously they print out their whole uh, library of books over and over and over and over and over. Whenever there is a new publication that is released at a major assembly, and usually there is one like every year, they will have books and books and books and books to hand out to people. Enough to make sure every person in the family will get one, and then some. Um, you want to know where your your money goes to when you donate? It goes to eight old fucking white dudes. Oh, sorry, seven white dudes and a black dude. All very old conservative at the top of the chain who decide what you do with your life. They live in extravagance. And then all the rest of the money goes to printing and real estate. Um, and, but I mean, they obviously, they, they pay their, um, their traveling overseers a ridiculous amount of money um, because you have to forego the things of the world so you cannot have your own job uh, in those situations. Um, but you are uh, compensated nicely. Um, so anyway, in the, in the books, um, there is a ton of misinformation, a ton of it. Um, and obviously at this point where I'm discussing is way off the way off the notes and I didn't even write anything. I'm just kind of going on at this point. Um, so a lot of these books, they will, they will misrepresent all of the time. Um, scientific findings or um, or quotes of artists who are like, oh, I wish I'd never done this thing because X, Y, Z. And, you know, generally it's not a, maybe it's not a direct quote. Maybe it is a piece of a quote where a person was like, oh, you know, I wish I'd never done this thing because, you know, uh, I miss out on an opportunity of this, but you know, in the end, it actually ended up working out really well. They will only take the I only I wish I didn't do this because of this, and they're like, see, even this person who lives in the world thinks that what they did, you know, hindered them from whatever fucking goal, and you should stick with Jehovah because even worldly people think that blah 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 blah, blah. um, and they do that all the time all the fucking time they will selectively pick through scientific articles for a negative piece just to put it in your face that well even science doesn't know what's going on or even science doesn't believe this and so like why would you even bother listening to them just listen to us in the bible um, they also have this idea of challenging your faith. So they encourage you to challenge your own faith. Okay. But what that entails is not going out and seeking third party objective information. What it entails is using their Bible, their publications, um, talking to people within the organization, and basically preying on it to reinforce your faith within the organization. So, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having issues. Yeah, you know what? Totally. Go and challenge that. Go and challenge your faith. Here's some good articles that we've printed out over the last 20 years um, that you should look into that'll help you challenge that and reinstill your faith in, in God. Um, and all of that comes down into like the information control, right? Like they have 
the printing on another fucking level. Um, <clears throat> they also really encourage uh, spying on people, on each other. Um, you're not allowed to like go out and do those other weird things um, you know, that like other non-religious people are doing. But, you know, as much as they say, well, we don't want to slander people. We want to stay out, stay away from, you know, the slander and the, um, and all of that. Um, they encourage spying and, um, and like misinformation and like reporting people, um, case in point, um, when I was in high school, I had a, I had a couple girlfriends in high school. Um, at one point I had, uh, asked out one of my friends and like, it didn't go anywhere. It didn't end up happening. Um, however, that friend's mom was very good friends with my mom. Um, and my brother's best friend within the church worked with my friend's mom at the local fields. Um, now, my mom would go in there over a while, but usually before coming to pick me up for Wednesday, Wednesday dinners that we had. Um, and my friend's mom was like, oh my God, did you hear that, you know, Nathan asked out so-and-so. And I was like, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's kind of funny. And two tills over was my brother's best friend. And obviously he was working his way up to being a good, a good servant in the church and wanting to become an elder eventually. So the next Sunday, basically, that I hopped into the Kingdom Hall, I got pulled aside by a couple of elders, and they're like, well, we heard you asked a worldly girl. You know, that's not good. <laughs> and, like, the information was correct this time. However, it's the idea that they encourage the... Um, they encourage... They encourage gossip. They encourage spying. Um, one of the big things about disfellowshipping people uh, is that as soon as you're disfellowshipped, they tell you that you are not allowed to talk to anybody else in the church. And they will announce your disfellowshipping as soon as possible so that nobody else in the church will come and talk to you and ask what happened. Um, and try and like dime that connection, right? They'll try and like completely cut it off right away. And what this is is a it's a way of controlling the information flow from obviously the accused and anyone who is um, curious. Uh, and then generally, what happens is the elder will make some sort of offhanded comment about what he thinks happened. Uh, and then the elder's wife will run with that as a um, as the truth and start spreading it around as gossip because gossip is obviously allowed. Um, in my case, uh, the assumption was that um, I was pulled away from the organization because I was dating some girl and she had basically got her hooks in me and turned me into a deviant. Um, And since then, like, really no one that is part of the Jehovah's Witnesses has really known or really knows the, the reality behind it. So, Just realized I was over here on mute, just like... <laughs> <laughs> like an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. I, oh my god, I don't even know how to parse, like, because some of it's, it's, some of it is so sadly wrote in religious communities, right? Like, mm -hmm. sowing discord between 
members and encouraging, like you'd said, encouraging gossip and uh, the watching thing reminds me a lot because I grew up yeah. in a, a heavily Mormon community, and the watching thing is oh, is one of the things they do, especially like on missions and stuff um, when they have a little more freedom, and it's. It just makes me nauseous. All of it makes me nauseous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and the last piece, because I kind of did this in a weird order, but um, uh, the thought control part. Um, you know, they, again, um, like I mentioned, uh, the us versus them, you know, we are Jehovah's people. They are the world. We can't. We can't be encouraged to talk to people of the world. Um, you know, they have a very distinct uh, view of what is good and evil. What is black and like their thinking is very black and white. Um, they even have like. Um, they do a lot of like what you know what we would generally for refer to as like word word salad. Um, it is so verbose that you can't gain any sort of real knowledge um, out of it. There's no way to like reduce. Uh, how do you um? There's no way to like think about it critically and make any sort of sense about what what they're trying to say, um, and basically they they sort of reduce any sort of grandiose idea into like a buzzword, right? So you suddenly they're they're changing your verbiage to separate you from other people in the world, right? Um, making you different. Um, even the idea of, and, and this is super popular is kids who are in school that are in the in congregations that are in school are encouraged to treat their school like their own, um, service territory, you know, go preach to other kids, go preach to other kids. I never did this because fuck that, but uh, it is a very good way of separating yourself from other kids in high school. It's a very good way of um, ensuring that you're probably not going to make a lot of friends, right? They are purposefully turning you into someone who is an outsider and who is going to have a bad time during high school. And then what they're going to do is they're going to blame that on the quote, quote, ways of the world. And that is going to influence your thought and your thoughts on, well, why do I need to be part of this? Why do I need to be part of, you know, uh, why do I need to even go, be going back to school? You know, why would I want to, why would I want to learn more? Why would I want to be part of these things? Uh, why would I want to be friends with these people? You know, teachers are obviously against me. This is really weird. Um, so on and so forth, right? Like that is the, the idea that, you know, well, people already treat us like shit when we go door to door, when we're out in service on Saturdays. So it doesn't matter if you do it while you're in school. It's just going to happen the same way anyway. So fucking have at her. Um, there is a, if you become one of the, if you start becoming one of those people who is like, um, who uses critical thinking, who tries to rationalize things that they are trying to uh, teach you. Um, or if you're like trying to use constructive criticism on certain things or start questioning ideas about leaders or their doctrine, like you're suddenly becoming a well, I mean, as, as the Scientologists would say, you're becoming like a subversive person. Um, suppressive person. Suppressive person. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
And yeah, so like that's the that's the idea, right? Um, it, in all honesty, like the idea that I am doing this piece of our podcast now and discussing these things and bringing to light how they they control you puts me directly from just a disfellowshipped person across the line into an apostate. Yeah, you're a horrible person. How dare you talk about your experiences? Right, absolutely. Um, now, the, the the actual term of an apostate is just someone who has left an organization or a way of thinking. Um, that is the that is the actual dictionary term. However, Jehovah's Witnesses would rather change that term, as as a lot of cults do. And their idea of an apostate is someone who deliberately tries to break down and discourage people from becoming Jehovah's Witnesses or removing people from um, or talking against Jehovah's Witnesses in general. Um, in in like ways an anti Jehovah's Witness to the most extreme. Yeah, absolutely, it. it is. Uh, to them, to them, that's how it is. Um, they don't want to, so they reserve the word apostate to people who they feel are completely lost. They are a lost cause. Um, and in a lot of ways, they refuse to use that term unless. They're under the most, like, unless they absolutely have all of the knowledge that this person is an apostate in their mind. Um, and when you are labeled an apostate, if the word apostate even comes up in conversation, conversation ceases to exist. They will, they will start giving you like one word answers. Um, if they're if they're an elder in a congregation, they will have a chat with you and they'll be like, you know, this is what we think of apostates. This is what we think of this. This is what we think of that. But if you were any other person rank and file under an elder, they'll be like, nope. They will no longer, they will stop the conversation and they will direct you to an elder if there is one nearby, or they will just stop the conversation and be like, I can't talk to you. Leave. Nope. Leave. Nope. Leave. Nope. Leave. Nope. Leave. Interesting too that you can't be like an auto apostate because I tried that one time. Because <laughs> um, I had I had some people come up to my door and knock on my door when I was in high school during my I'm a witch phase. Yep, and um, that just made them come back more. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I like my mom had to tell them that they needed to stop coming to our house where we would call the police because they were harassing me. Yeah. Yeah, it, they it, like they were coming like every, it was during the summer. They were coming like every day. Wow! They came every day. You just, you just made it a challenge, Courtney. I was I was hard mode, right? Like there was the same woman would come every day, and she would bring someone new every day, and I would be like, "Please leave me alone." Yeah, it's it's one of those things where they're like, "Oh, well, there's this young girl that's still sort of impressionable." Maybe we can get get to her still. Like she hasn't she hasn't seen like adopted the ways of Jehovah and left. Maybe we can change her mind. Yeah, no. They also don't like it if you're just like, oh well, I, we're Catholic here. They'll still talk to you. Like there's no No, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like you're one of those wrong religions, but you haven't oh. seen God Jehovah's way yet. So mm -hmm. you are still a challenge in Europe. You were a possible save in their mind. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> um, so they've started doing the vacuuming upstairs. Um, <laughs> and I don't know how much more I have. Plus it's almost been like two hours at this point. So I don't know. Um, I've already. Yeah, this is probably a good place to stop. Yeah, I've already, I've already gone well past my notes in this. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Let us cover. Let's cover one more thing, 
Hallie, you asked me how many people are leaving each year. Yes. Earlier. So, uh, and I, I shared this with Hallie uh, during the week. Not exactly the numbers, but I shared that the JWs have a yearly um, service year report. They used to have a yearbook where it would be all of these things that have. Yeah. So in 2007, I think it was the last year that they called it the yearbook. They changed it over to the, the service year report, whatever it is. Uh, and they always post their numbers every single year. So um, in 2000, in 2019, they had 8,683,000 peak publishers. Publishers are people who are enrolled in and like basically they're just active Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and they had 303,866 baptized in 2009. They only ever published the positive numbers because that's all that matters to them. So in 2020, they had 8,695,800 8, publishers. So, sorry, 8,695,800. They baptized almost 242,000 people. But the difference between the publishers in 2019 and 2020 is only an increase of 12,000, uh, 12,700. So, after a little bit of math, in 2020, they had 229,300 people leave. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. It's a pretty positive, positive uh, exodus, I would say. Uh, in 2021, their peak publishers were 8,686,980. So that was a drop of around 8,800. Uh, 8, um, wow. Their baptized numbers were 701,400 about, uh, which means that they had 180,000 200 people leave. And obviously the <clears throat> 2020 numbers aren't out, so... But yeah. Uh, in two years, they had a little over 400,000 people leave the organization. Wow. Yeah. You, do you trust that those are accurate? Yeah. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also, they, it doesn't say whether or not there's deaths included in that or not. It doesn't, though. Mm. Yes. It doesn't say that. That's fair. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, let's be honest. If you if you die or you leave, it's still a positive. You know, you left. Y yikes. <laughs> yikes. 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 <sighs> Uh, okay. <laughs> I just feel like if you died to get out, that he would be really disappointed. Um, By the time you showed up. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Where's the party at? Wait, where are, wasn't I promised? You know? Yeah, I mean, if you died to get out and it was like self-inflicted, I don't know oh. that you would be making it. I um, no. according to them, however, I, mean, I didn't, yeah, fair. yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. is your two hours of depression for the for the day? Um, uh, depression, it's <laughs> just it was just like it's so weird to talk about sometimes, mm -hmm. yeah, but thank you for listening. There will be more. <laughs> other other things to uh, other things to cover, like the governing body, for for instance. 
They're an interesting group of people. I bet they're fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Missionary only. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, no. The most boring thing I've possibly ever heard. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sir, I can't do that. <laughs> Missionary only and only when to make babies. And only when to make that Yeah. That, would never oh, that does not that. Yeah, that does not spark joy. I'm sorry. It needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't spark joy. It's the <laughs> only thing that came Yeet. to mind. Okay. <laughs> spark joy. Yeet. Yeet. Yeah, out the window. <laughs> well, guess we got to do all the other shit they told us never to do. Oh, darn. Hmm. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Perfect. All right. That's it for this week. Next week, Hallie's going to take us to Planet X, the planet that's supposed to collide with Earth and cause the Nibiru Cataclysm. And Nathan is going to talk to us about a mysterious anime that seems to have disappeared from the world, or maybe it never existed to begin with. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Human Exception. Do you have a story that you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, or just want to say hi? You can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And to get on the fun, come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. We also have a merch store, so link can also be found on our website. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend.